Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Press Toward the Mark podcast. I hope that this episode can be a blessing to you. Got a lot of big things in store, things coming up. We've got uh, definitely going to be studying over on the Sabbath day here shortly and try and get an episode or two out on that and uh, be able to uh, help Ethan Jaton there with that. Shout out to him for give, leaving a comment on there. And uh, I appreciate him commenting and asking questions. And hopefully uh, more of you do that. Don't be afraid to do that. Uh, also, make sure that you like and subscribe on YouTube. Make sure that you follow and leave a five-star rating on Spotify and other podcasting apps. That would be greatly appreciated. Help get the channel out there. Help us to be able to uh, get the word of God out into the uh, into the interwebs. So <laughs> I do appreciate everybody's support and help on that. And I hope and pray that this can be a blessing to you today. Uh, we're going to be in John chapter 1. I've kind of been having my mind on it here lately, taking a class uh, on the Harmony of the Gospels, and uh, also just really been um, reading a little bit after John, uh, after uh, some some commentaries on, on John here in John chapter 1. It's really just been a blessing, been a blessing to my heart, so I hope that it can be a blessing to you as well. And I'm going to be reading John chapter 1 and verse number 1. And the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God." And we'll get into a little bit further into the chapter in a minute, but I want us to point out here the first few, first few verses here, verses one through five. They're so they're so powerful in in describing uh, God and who He is and Christ and His personage, and it's it's John starts off his gospel a little bit different than the other gospels. He goes straight into uh, he doesn't just portray God as the man, but he he portrays the uh, the divine and eternity of 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 Christ here. He says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. In the beginning was the word. That speaks of God of Christ's eternity. Christ always has been and always will be. He was there in the beginning, he's going to be there in the end. He's the one that uh, uh, as it says in in Revelation chapter 1 where where he says I am the alpha the alpha and the omega and you know he's the beginning and he's the end. He always has been and always will be. And that just goes to show how how eternal Christ is and how powerful Christ is and that he is truly the son of God. You see you have Matthew which is the kingdom gospel which portrays Christ as king and then you have Mark which portrays Christ as a servant Luke as the son of man and then John you have him portrayed as the son of God 
And that's important to note and make sure that you know, because if you're off on that, you're going to be off on a whole lot of things when it comes to the scripture. So it's very important to know that Christ is the son of God. He's not just, he's not just a good man or a moral man. He didn't just come and, and was a wise man and had some good things to say. No, Christ was truly without a shadow of a doubt, the son of God. And you find that later on in John chapter five, Christ just comes right out and says it to the Jews after he heals the impotent man there there at the pool of Bethesda and he goes and he and he and he just basically proclaims right in front of everybody that he is the son of God that he is God in the flesh and you find that in verse number 14 of John chapter 1 it says and the word be, was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth. Christ was full of grace, but he was also full of truth, which means that Christ is not going to lie. Christ is going to give us the truth regardless of our feelings, which a lot of times today in the Christian culture that we live in, there's a lot more based off of the fact of grace and just forgetting the truth, but it's important to have grace and truth. And Christ was full of both of those things, but he was in the beginning and he was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Christ was there at creation. Christ was there when everything first took place and Christ was there before everything took place. He was there before the creation of man. He was there during the creation and he was, and he's going to be there long, long, long after, uh, uh, the rapture and everything takes place. He's going to, he's going to rule and reign as Romans says that, uh, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that is a fact. That is not just something that we just, that that's not just something that we came up with. That's what the Bible says. And so if that's what the Bible says, then we need to believe it. And Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the, he is the, uh, going to come back one day as a ruler and the king over everything and everything and everybody is one day going to kneel and have to confess that he is Lord and he is Lord of all. And I believe that today, and I hope that you do too, because it's important to know where you stand as far as who Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. He was 100% man and 100% God. And he was there from be- from from eternity uh, in the beginning, and he's going to be there from eternity at- past after everything's done away with, after uh, time is done away with, he's going to be there. And now he sits on the right hand of the throne of God, as the Bible says, after he was risen from the dead and he conquered death, hell, and the grave, he rose to the right hand of the throne of God and he intercedes on our behalf. And the Bible also is very clear that he dwells within us and we dwell in Christ. And so it's important for us to note that Jesus Christ is indeed the son of God. And I don't mean to sound repetitive, but it's just the truth. And we need to, and I I can't emphasize that enough because of the fact that in today's culture and in today's climate, as far as Christianity and the Bible, a lot of people, uh, they, they don't really they don't have the reverence or the fear of Christ like they're supposed to as a holy, righteous God. Instead, it's more of just a, uh, well, he's just graceful and all he does is love. Yes, but there's also going to be some judgment there at the end. And, and we need to know, we need to, we need to, uh, reverence Christ for who he is as, as, as the, uh, as the son of God and as the, the Lord of our lives. And we need to be obedient to him and what he says goes. It's not just based off of, we can't just, uh, base his word off of our opinion or what we think, but it has to be uh, rightly divided and it has to be, uh, and it has to be in context and it has to be, uh, and, and we have to apply it to our lives appropriately. 
It can't just be something that we just take because somebody else said it and say, well, this is what it must mean. No, do some digging on it yourself and figure out what it means for yourself. But anyway, I'm just getting, I'm getting a little bit way off of what I'm, (laughs) what I'm getting into here. Uh, but I just thought it was very important to note that it is, that it is, uh, it's, it's imperative that you know, uh, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that's basic doctrine for many people, many Christians. Uh, but there's a lot of Christians out there today that say that they believe in Christ, but they don't necessarily believe in the Christ of the Bible. Uh, they believe in the Christ of what somebody told them or the Christ of their emotion. And we don't need to believe in the Christ of our emotion. We don't need to believe in the Christ of our opinion. We need to believe in the Christ of the Bible. That's the most important thing, because what God says goes. Verse number three, though, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life. And the life was the light of men. Jesus Christ is, had the life to give us. And he, and it says in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. The darkness did not comprehend the light. Our 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 sin nature could not comp- cannot comprehend the uh, how how the cannot comprehend salvation in its, in its entirety. Um, uh, our pastor says it often that that he can't he he still doesn't really fully understand everything he got when he got salvation, and really we won't. I don't believe that we'll fully understand the extent of our salvation. Uh, maybe until we get to heaven, but uh, all I can say is that I know that I'm saved, and 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 it's by the grace of God and the fact that this light came and shone in the darkness and shone upon me, and I was able to receive Him and accept Him as my personal Lord and Savior. And I'm thankful that Christ was willing to come. We've been having VBS this week and teaching on the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and and what he did on the cross. And I I thank God that he came and that he did die on the cross and that he bore my sins because I I wouldn't have been able to, uh, I wouldn't have been able to, to pay for my sins myself. And there wouldn't have been anybody else besides Jesus Christ to pay for my sins on the cross. And there's nobody else in this world that could have paid for the, for your sins on the cross either other than Jesus Christ, because he was born into this world holy righteous and undefiled without spot and without blemish and that was prophesied all the way back in Isaiah chapter 53 and so now we have the have Jesus Christ here in the gospels and we're able to look and and and, and we're able to to uh, to to study out the life of Christ and and how he lived and what he did and some of the miracles that he did but uh and, but most importantly I mean, he came that he would die on the cross and be the sacrifice for our sins. I've, I'm thankful that I don't have to go to the Old Testament ways of of sacrificial uh, of sacrificing animals unto God just to uh, pardon my sins for a short time and then have to constantly re, uh, constantly go back and keep sacrificing unto God in order to please Him to cover my sins for a short while. I'm thankful that when Christ went to the cross, it was one time and it was finished. At that at that moment when Christ died and when he defeated death hell in the grave and he rose again on the third day and it was con- and, and it was conquered and and Christ uh, had 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 risen victorious I thank the Lord that my sins were dealt with right then and there and I did not and I don't have to worry about it anymore Now that doesn't give me a right to sin you find in Romans chapter number 6 that Paul deals with that. He says that we're, and I talked about it before on this, on, a, on this podcast before, how it doesn't uh, give us a, a, a right to sin or the 
an opportunity to sin and not have to have the repercussions of it, but it did do away with our sins in the, in the eyes of God. And when we got saved, our, our sins were covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And now, because of that, the righteousness of Christ has been imputed upon us. And so as a result of that, when God looks down from heaven and sees us, he no longer sees us as a sinner, but sees the righteousness of Christ that has been, that has been placed upon us. And therefore, it 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 it, it, inclu- it makes us the a son of God, as it says here later on in this uh, chapter here, where it says, "Which were born first number verse number twelve and thirteen, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe." On his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So salvation cannot come in any other but Jesus Christ. And you find that, I believe it is in Acts chapter 2, I want to say. I want to, I'm, I'm trying to find it here. I believe it's Acts chapter 2. Where it says, there's neither none other name uh, given under heaven, given among men, uh, whereby ye must be saved. I'm probably butchering it there, but uh, needless to say, in the in the book of Acts, it de- it, it declares straightforward that, that there's no other way to heaven other than through the name and through Jesus Christ. And that's very important to, to know that because there's a lot of different religions out there. There's a lot of different takes on salvation out there and people oftentimes get it very wrong because of the fact that they're not rightly dividing the word of truth they're not taking the scripture for what it says as a whole but rather they'll take one little piece of it they'll take it and they'll twist it to what they think it means and then they'll put their opinion on it and they'll say this is what this means and uh, this is what i believe and people will follow that people will follow that because man is inherently a following being we like to follow things we may not necessarily uh, follow the right things a lot of times, uh, but we uh, we definitely follow after people. We follow after uh, ones that we hold in high regard and high esteem. Um, I mean, you think of famous people. Uh, one of my heroes growing up <laughs> for a long time was Peyton Manning. Uh, and, and when he played for the Colts, my favorite, my favorite quarterback and my favorite, uh, receiver was Marvin Harrison. And I just, I love to watch those two play. And he was one of my heroes growing up, but, uh, I, I, and, and growing up before I was saved, I put more faith in Peyton Manning than I did in Jesus Christ, even though I was in church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night and hearing the gospel, I, me as an unsaved child, I, I put, I, I, I cared more about that than I did about my own own eternity. Uh, but thankfully when I was 10, the Lord saved my soul and I, and I got gloriously saved. And so things have been different ever since. Uh, and I'm thankful that the Lord called me into the ministry as well, because I wouldn't be here without him. Um, but needless to say that it is very vital and important for you to know that there's no other way to heaven except through Jesus Christ. He's he's the propitiation for our sins. He's the ultimate sacrifice. He's the only one that uh, that could have paid for your sins and for mine. But uh, it's it's only through Jesus Christ that we can have salvation. 
And I don't want to get that confused with anything else. There's people that think that you can get there based off of works. There's people that think that there's only going to be a select few that's going to be able to get saved. But the Bible is very clear that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And we need to make sure that we have a repentant heart when we come to Jesus Christ. Um, Romans chapter number 10 very familiar portion of scripture. And obviously, if you've been in church for very long, you've heard this quoted probably several times, but chapter 10 and verse number nine, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse number 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So the Bible is very clear. If you thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, you have to confess him. You have to profess him to be the Lord of your life and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. When you believe in something, you're not going to be able to keep quiet about it. Uh, you're going to have to tell somebody. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to be uh, a witness and tell others about Jesus Christ and what, he's, and what he did for you. I mean, how could you not? After all that Christ has done for us, how could we not tell somebody about about the love of God and the love of Christ and how he died for our sins. But um, I'm trying to find a specific verse here. I believe it's in 1 John chapter 4. If I can find it here. Talking about the love of God. says in verse, I'm going to start reading verse number seven, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. A lot of people have a very misconstrued definition of what love is in today's society and Hollywood doesn't exactly help that. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, loveth not, knoweth not God for God is love. So how can you ever experience real love if you've never experienced the love of Jesus Christ? Verse number nine, it says, And this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and He is, and His love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in Him, and He in us, because He hath given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess, look at this now, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in Him, and He in God. So... <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little touchy here. But this is what the Bible says here in first John chapter four. First John chapter four and verse number fifteen. Look at what it says. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. In verse number sixteen, and we have known and believed that the love of God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. But I want to emphasize verse 15 for a second here. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. That's very important. 
because we live in a society today that does that 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 yes they believe in Jesus but they don't necessarily believe in Jesus as the son of God and it's very clear whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God and God dwelleth in him and he in God so that means that if we're born again saved well, then that means that we're going to we we we're going to confess that Jesus is the son of God but we have a we i mean in the bible is has even warned uh, I, I can't remember the exact scripture right off the top of my head, but the Bible's even warned about uh, those that bring about another gospel and another Jesus, and and that and we're seeing that so much today in this world that it, it's it's honestly kind of it should be a little bit frightening in the sense that there's just such an attack against Jesus and the deity of Jesus Christ. I mean, it's not just like it's a it's it's just you know. A little bit of of an attack or like you know one no i mean it, it is a full-on attack from satan on the name and deity of jesus christ and who he is and i mean it, it's very distinct that if we go back to john chapter one again and and we look at what is at what the writer john says he says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god the same was in the beginning with god all all things were made by him so the person that, I mean, John deals with the personage of Jesus Christ here. He says, and all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. I mean, it, 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 Jesus Christ was indeed a person, but Jesus Christ was also the Son of God. You have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, three in one. And I mean, it's not, we may not fully understand that, but we don't need to fully understand that. If we fully understood every aspect of God, then he wouldn't be God. But because he is, uh, he is the God of heaven, he's the God of this world, he's created all things, and he's in all things, and uh, he was there at the beginning, he's going to be there at the end. I mean, it, 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 if we, we cannot fully understand God in every aspect. And if you if you if we could, then he would be a god worth serving. Because he's how would how would he be able to be above his creation if he's able to be understood perfectly by his creation? But we'll never be able to fully understand God because he is so infinite, so vast, so powerful, so magnificent and wonderful. I just want to tell you and, and, and declare to you today that Jesus Christ is indeed the Son of God. He was there at the beginning. He's going to be there at the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega, and he is eternal. And that's who Jesus Christ is. He's the Son of God. He's God in the flesh, 100% man, 100% God. And I hope and pray that you believe that today. If you don't, then go go back to John or Romans chapter number ten, verse number nine. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Don't wait till tomorrow. Get saved today, and it, and I promise you it'll be it'll be the greatest decision you've ever made in your life. Uh, I can honestly say that without a shadow of a doubt, and it is worth it to serve Him. Don't think of things in the realm of 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 right now and in, and into in in the realm of of 
earth and being able to see and it, no, no, we need to have an, we need to have an eternal mindset and be thinking about the consequences of our eternity, whether we're going to go to heaven or we're going to go to hell and what we're going to have to face at the judgment seat of Christ as Christians. I mean, we need to have our mind constantly, constantly on these things. So I appreciate you listening today. I hope that this has been a blessing to you. And again, make sure that you like, subscribe, and make sure that you comment down below. And we'll appreciate that. Make sure that you listen, share it with somebody. And I appreciate everybody for their for for listening today. And I hope to be a blessing to you. Until next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>